When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The day I go, made a promise to my mother It's okay cause I'm gon' die for this I put my mind to this Watch all these people, how they treat you Got no time for it I feel no evil, got my demons I'm just fine with them And all these people think they know me It don't matter to me Cause I'm gon' die for this I put my mind to this Watch all these people, how they treat you Got no time for it I feel no evil, got my demons I'm just fine with We're back Welcome to another episode of the Three Point Stance Podcast. I'm Caleb, and I'm here with my esteemed USFL champion co-host, D-Gray. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing good, brother. Man, I'm glad to be back, man. And most importantly, I'm glad to walk away with that championship out of the USFL as you spoke, man. Man, I'm assuming everybody want to know more about the experience of playing the USFL. So, man... I'm going to get a rundown, man. The past 10 weeks plus training camp, man, has been a blast, man. And um, as it wrapped up, man, it was kind of one of those bittersweet moments, man. It went by so fast, but during the time it felt kind of mm, going fast some days, slow some day. But that's life in general. So, uh, But, uh, man, for the most part, man, it was a smooth transition, man, going through the USFL and getting that film, man. And uh, just most importantly, man, just putting the cleats on again, man, and going out there doing what I like to do, man, is go play physical and uh, protect our QB and go score points, man. And um, It led to a championship this year, man. I was happy to hear some of the things coming out of my exit meetings and some of the things my AJ heard was like uh, he was a great leader, man. He led our team. We'd love to have him back, but I know some NFL team is going to grab that talent. So, uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, I feel kind of sad a little bit. But, I mean, it's nature of the business, man. It was, they was good genuine people in that league, man. They actually cared about your well-being as a player, your safety, health, and then how well you did on the field. They coach you hard. So my advice to any guys, man, that want to play in another pro league, man, the USFL is the way to go. So, yeah, man, so – and then it was no better feeling than being a cannon in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> holding up that trophy, man, with cigars and forty ounce Miller lights flying all over the place, man. Newspaper and hats and all types of great things, man. I have up here, man. So, man, I can go on and on about that. Yeah, I remember when you started that journey. But you know, just to kind of talk about your USFL <laughs> season, um, you know, how many how many sacks did you allow? Oh. Hmm, I think uh, no. Oh, okay. How, how, how many QB hits did you allow? No QB hits or pressures. Oh, okay. None. Okay. Yep. Just all right. Just wanted to you know throw that in there for any uh, any NFL teams watching. So uh, man, here we go, baby. Here we go. Come on. Come on. Come on now. But yeah, yep. my guy's a champion, yeah. and uh, you know I'll I'll let you uh, start off with the first topic. Man, and just last remarks, man. Like I said, once all the guys out there, man, watch this, man. Y'all young athletes, man. Man, highly considered in the, the USFL league, man. It's a great league, man. Great developmental league for guys that slowly transition from college, all types of things. So, yeah. But here we go, Steelers, man. We back in it, man. Man, some, some of the crazy things I've been thinking about, man, as the day going on, man, when you think about the secondary of Pittsburgh, they've been pretty solid, man, with the departure of um, – 
uh, Terrell Edmonds, man, he was a pretty solid, decent player. I think we talked about him previously before on a couple of our podcasts, but uh, solid player, man. We lost him, man, and um, I mean, hey. He was a good player for us. He had great size. But we also still have the GOAT back there, Minka Fitzpatrick. When you think about something still an all-time grace of DBs, man, you always think about the Ryan Clarks. You think about all those guys, the Palomalus, and all those guys. And you love, I know you dearly love Ryan Clark, man, Mr. RC, how you knock <laughs> people out. You love him. But when you think about all those guys – who do you think the greatest still a DB of all time is? So I'm going to do this two different ways. I'm going to go greatest of all time and greatest that I've watched uh, myself. Because obviously I didn't get to watch Rod Woodson. I didn't watch Mel Blunt. Mm. And, but for mm. the people that I, ha- that I haven't watched, I would say it's down to Mel Blunt or Rod Woodson, obviously. And I'm going to go with Mel Blunt mm-hmm. because they literally changed the rules of how cornerbacks can play. Off, off of the way Mel Blunt was dominating back in the seventies, um, but right. for for the time frame I've watched, I mean it's it's got to be Troy. I mean it's, it doesn't even come close. Mm. I, 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 that's crazy because I mean when you think about it, when you think about Minka right now, and but I feel like Minka can't be in that topic right now. He haven't had enough time in as a stiller to be labeled as one of the greatest of all times to play for the Steelers. And, man, you're talking about guys like Paolo Malo who have years, years and years of experience with the Steelers. And uh, you can't compare Minka to those type of players. But Minka, once again, is definitely one of the best safeties I've been around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Personally playing with, one of the best safeties I've been around and actually watch work. You know what I mean? Every single day, come out there with his hard hat on. And, I mean, the guy is, a, is, a, is just a student of the game. He understands He understands offense. He understands how to break down offense. He understands – like, he's just so smart. He's almost like a middle linebacker at safety. Yeah. So with that being said, it, it, it it's Minka is just the guy. And then I'll like, but but with Minka, um, I'd say there's a lot of similarity in his game to Troy in the way they let Minka play. Um, You're it right. kind of feels like they let Minka, you know, just go out there. Hey, Minka, do do what you feels right. Um, essentially, right. Um, but it's. I think you can consider Minka. He's you can consider him as one of the greatest safeties of all time for sure um, in Steelers history. Already, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I definitely would say that as uh, uh, for the time he's been, he, he's definitely, I would say, he's definitely overexcelled in his area, man, with expertise or what they needed him at. And they, he did a great job since he's been here, man. From the interceptions his first year there, from all the high level tackles he's made in the open field from chase downs when plays almost been a big hit Minka was there to clean those plays up and I think that that's something that we got to keep in consideration when we think about all the best DBs and still in history so I mean once again I don't think Minka had enough timing yet quite yet to say that he's one of the best yet because it wouldn't be fair to guys like Palomalu and RC Rob Woodson and all those guys that came before him that played many years I'm saying at that safety spot and held it down to high level for years. Yeah, and then to, to kind of finish off this uh, subject, I'll go with my most underrated Steelers DB of all time amongst NF- the NFL. I would, I would, I would say it's Ike Taylor. If he had the interception number, oh yeah, hundred percent, he would be, right. he'd be down as one of the, may, I don't know, maybe a top thirty 
corner of all time if he came up with some of the interceptions he dropped. Um, yep. But, yep. And, and, I mean, I, I mean, we also forget about my guy, uh, big play, Will Gay. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? I mean, he comes up with hell of a great plays. And I, I look at Will's one of those, uh, I want to say he's the greatest of all times, but he's one of those sneaky guys that made those great plays and, and great moments when you needed them to. He wasn't always around the field all the time. He didn't make all the plays, but he did make the plays that counted. And that's what made him big play Willie Gay. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I love his touchdown celebration dance. We, man, <laughs> when I first rookie year there in Pittsburgh, bro, like, I still remember him. We had Latrobe in the dining hall, and he's teaching me how to do the little – I was like, come on, <laughs> teach me that dance, bro. Like, teach me. I got to know it. You know what I mean? But you, it's, it's no better feeling than being around guys like that, man, that, that that played on a high level, understands it, and comes back to the game and help other people understand how it need to be done. And, and we'll play with – Guys, man, I'm talking about he played with guys every week, Caleb. He played with guys, man, and um, and he showed up every week, man. And uh, think about it, man, he's been on the team with the Steelers his whole career almost. You know what I'm saying? Most of his whole career he's been with them. So uh, he's been molded to a great athlete, great player, great person. So, man, I'm happy I had the opportunity. Not, I ain't had the opportunity to play with him, but I had the opportunity to be around him. You know what I'm saying? So he was like an assistant around the building and uh, and the troll, man. He made things fun for me as a rookie. Yeah, he definitely – he did he did everything – that you wanted him to do. He did everything right. Um, he really wasn't, I want to say the only low light of his career, I believe was, I think his rookie year and he got absolutely demolished by Adrian Peterson on a, on a um, receiving touchdown. But I think, and I'm, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Will Gay. Um, but other than that, I mean, he was always there. He was making the right play. He was, you know, doing everything the right way. And, you know, that's Tomlin loves that. He'd rather see you do everything the right way than, you know, obviously vice versa. Yeah, for sure. But when you start to talk about greatest players of all time, DK Metcalf made a crazy statement, man, this week. I, was, I wouldn't say crazy because it, it's not it's not far off. I can understand where he's coming from. Because you had to be there to see it. And if you put not there to see it, you had to sit on TV. He said A.B. is his number one receiver of all time. I mean, you're talking about Jerry Rice. You're talking about T.O. You're talking about Chad Johnson. You're talking about Mike Irvin. You're talking about all these great players that dedicated hot blood, sweat, tears to this yep. game that was the best at that time. You know what I mean? Every play, every Sunday, day in, day out. And he says A.B. is better than him. What you think, Caleb? On that, so I'll list I'll I'll list off his top five receiver, and then I'll uh, he he had A B at one, he had Randy Moss at two, T O at three, okay. Jerry Rice at four. The surprise one to me was Julio Jones Megatron. at five. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's, is that a surprise? Oh, I mean, when Calvin Johnson is, is that, is that, Calvin Johnson played in the NFL. I, I was thinking Megatron too, but uh, Julio, man, Julio at his prime with Atlanta, bro. And it was almost like he was a cheat code, bro. Like you just threw the ball up. It was like people just couldn't grab the ball for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. It's like the ball would be right there, and they just seemed to can't locate it around him. But man, that oh man, that's a crazy good list. That's a good list for him, man. I, I, that's a really good list, man. It's kind of hard, man, because. I really love AB a lot. I love his game, man. Personality-wise, I mean, he has the flaws. We all do. So, I mean, I wouldn't get too much into that. But his game on the field, it, it, it it's a no-brainer, bro. He can't be stopped, bro. Uh, it can't, you have to be able to see it to understand that this dude is not is one of a kind. 
I mean, this dude is one of a kind, K. Yeah. I tell you, like, dude, don't even have to stretch. He comes out there and burn past your best DB. Your best DB, Caleb, he will run right past him. <laughs> and I mean, hit nine route. I'm going deep. Whatever you want to call it, I'm going deep. He He's going to beat him every time. And, and, and I don't know what it is. A.B. is so fast, man. He's just God-gifted, man. I think he understands that. That might play a little bit of roles in his, in his character. But he, he just can't be stopped on the field, man. And, and it's hard to not say he's not number one. I mean, me personally, I think A.B. is definitely number one, number one receiver of all time. I would say if he's not one, he's definitely number two. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I do. I think his career trajectory – on that, like six, it was like six or seven seasons of just being unstoppable um, with him, Ben, and Le'Veon. I mean, if it didn't go the way it went at the end, I think for sure he would have been the number one receiver receiver of all time, guaranteed. Well, guaranteed. well no well, questions asked. Well, well, let's just talk about what he has done. We can't talk about the things of him flipping from team to team. And I mean, I think his Pittsburgh era. He was the best receiver of all time. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think he was. I mean, I don't really see no other receiver that was doing what he was doing on a high level. Julio was definitely killing as well, too. Let's not get me wrong. Julio, I really love Julio a lot, too. Play, we had that opportunity to play around him with the Titans and stuff like that. But he sprinted. at that point, he was a little older, experiencing injuries. So, But I also seen Julio be the guy on the post route, and it looked crazy. And some of my dude was crawling, trying to get back up to catch yeah. him. Like, he, he's a great route runner, too. But A.B., Shifty fast, cut so fast, like it's crazy. So, AB, I, I agree with DK Metcalf on this. He ain't far off. I mean, I want to say he's number one quite yet, but he's definitely two if he's not one. Best of receivers of all time from what I see. Yeah, no, I could. I mean, he was unstoppable. Uh, yeah, I, I can't disagree. He's definitely, I would, yeah, top two. If, if, if he's not two, he's definitely one. Um, and yeah, you know, for sure. No receiver. I mean, no we could talk about ever had a we, we could talk like about Michael Irvin. We could talk about Michael Irvin. We could talk about Jerry Rice. Talk about all those guys. But we talking about a different era, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, my thing is, do Jerry Rice routes and today's football work for him? No, I don't really think so. They wasn't as sharp. It wasn't as crisp. I don't really think. I think they he with Jerry Rice just smart. Yeah. And when that comes, it has a lot to do with the game. When you smart, A B was smart, athletic. And knew how to beat a guy and create separation, man. Not only do that, get those yak yards that most teams need every year. Yak yards. Yards have to catch for people that don't know what that is. They need them yak yards. And A.B. was the guy for that. And I'll say shout out to A.B. You know, over the past few months, he's been giving Ben his cookies that uh, Ben deserves. So, For yeah. sure. Big Ben. Best QB <laughs> alive. Big Ben. Big Ben. Man, guess what's coming up in a couple weeks, man? Training camp back in Latrobe, baby. Back in Latrobe, man. I feel bad for some of these guys that's headed down to Latrobe. Some of these rookies like uh um uh, what's the guy name? Um our guy, Broderick yeah. Jones and Spencer Anderson and Mr. Washington and all those guys, man, headed down to Latrobe for the first time, sleeping on uh those um uh, what did I say? I said that Mormon school, the Mormons, the Mormon bunk beds in there. And, Vincent. Uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, they, <laughs> yeah. St. Vincent. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they order those uh beds in advance, the king side beds. Because not gonna be on a uh, twin bed like I was. I didn't get the memo. Devin Bush had a nice bed, and I was sitting there wondering like, why my bed so small? And <laughs> <laughs> like, why y'all bed so big? I didn't get the memo. So guys, make sure y'all get the memo. Order y'all beds through um, forgot our guy named security guy. Yeah. Order through him. He'll get you right. 
But yeah, man, Latrobe, man, it's, that's definitely an experience, man. It's one of those ones that you never forget because I never forget that. That almost made me like pff, tell myself I don't like football no more. Latrobe was a tough one, man. It was definitely around this time of year. I don't know. I was looking at the, I was looking at the schedule, man. I was looking at the uh, the calendar, man. A couple a uh, couple hours ago, and I said, "Wow, it's like July 13th, July 12th." And it cut like training camp starts around the 22nd through 27th, like around that time. Some teams are reporting between that window. Yep. I was like, "Ooh, this be around that time when everybody trying to get up, and start working out real quick, trying to eat and get all nice and cut up, and stomach be hurting every day because you're nervous." And man, you just gotta love those days, man. But as we come into this talk about training camp, man, it's a lot of matchups and things like that I definitely want to key in on. We know we know QB1 spot is definitely on lock. But what is your prediction going into week one, man? Who is your number two QB? I think it's Mitch. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, you brought this up earlier. So I've had some time to sit on it <laughs> and kind of kind of think about it. I, I think it's I think it's Mitch and I don't think Mason hasn't I don't think Mason hasn't played bad enough to not be QB two. I just think the writing on the is on the wall with the extension that they gave to Trubisky. Obviously, he was the starter last year. Um, granted, you know he was fifty fifty on the games he came in on uh, last year when Kenny got hurt. But yeah, I, th- I think right. it's Mitch. I don't. I I think that's. I think they've actually may have gone. Out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Alton said that Mitch is going to be QB2 when they signed Mason that he was going to be QB3. Okay. So he's an inactive quarterback. So you're predicting that he's an inactive quarterback going into it. So me personally, I don't, I don't know. I think it's up, I think it's up in the air. I don't really I don't really don't solidify Mitch as number two yet because I mean I like Mitch, but I also have loyalty to my guy Mason. I think Mason's a hell of a QB. I always spoke about him highly all the time about his his wellness readiness, his readiness every week, man, when he approaches the practice field every day. He 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 it's no other guy that puts the time and effort that I've seen into the books as much as Mason does. So I think he has every chance to be number two right now, right on the wall, all that gibberish. It doesn't really matter when it comes to who could throw that ball yeah. and make plays. And I think Mason right now, man, I think right now he had, once again, like I said, when he finally got got signed back to the Steelers, that he has something to prove. Yeah. He has something to prove. This is the second stint here now. And this is the opportunity to wipe everything that happened before on his rookie deal now to, to basically come clean and make a whole new name for himself. Mason Rudolph, man, the – Guy was in the Pac-12 lighting it up, you know what I mean, throwing the ball over the place. And I think that's exactly what he's going to do, man, as we come out this time, man. And I think that – I mean, I wouldn't say Mitch probably won't be QB2-1 coming there because of politic reasons, but he better buckle up, man. It's going to be a long ride for that QB2 spot. Yeah. If I'm I mean, yeah, the, everything you just said, you know, uh, um, K-Dot said on that episode we um, had him on, you know, you guys kind of – both said the same things about Mason. He's down. He's down to work. He gets down um, to the nitty gritty, um, and he he throws a pretty ball. He really he does. I'm, I, I mean, I mean, I never seen a guy spinning yeah. like that. 
I mean, Ben Ben was a great, smart guy, but Ben had probably one of the worst throwing motions I ever saw. I mean, it looked like he was almost struggling to throw. Like, I'm talking about even with his healthy arm before it got messed yeah. up. It, it, it was terrible. But Ben knew how to get it there, though. <laughs> That's one thing. Ben knew how to get it there. But – Basic, basic man has a pretty ball, man. His delivery, just the way it comes out, everything is perfect, man. It just got to get it up yeah. here. Once it get it up here quick enough, Foz not knowing the plays, but slowing the game down up yeah. here. And I'm telling you, he's going to light it up. I think, man, that QB2 spot is up in the air. I don't think Mason won. I don't think Mitch won that already. Yeah. And then there's – so it's kind of um, go off of uh, the quarterback, the QB2 uh, potential battle. Um, there's two other in-camp training camp battles I want to see. The first one is mm. Broderick against Cam Hayward because you know Cam loves to fight in training camp, and you know who lines up across yep. from Broderick at that uh, defensive end spot, and that's Cam. Broderick's going to see mm-hmm. everybody. They're going to throw Larry O at him. They're going to throw Cam at him. They're going to throw TJ at him. They're going to throw Highsmith. He's going to get worked. And – Oh, for sure. We'll find out I'm within probably the first two weeks if he's going to be ready now or if it's going to take some time to develop him. And, you know, like um, KDOT said, you know, when he was sticking up for Dan Moore, you know, potentially, you know, he might not start this year. And then – it might not. It's a it's a big chance that he might not. Yeah. But I mean, once again, in two weeks we'll tell once training camp get underwear, men in the troll where <laughs> ain't no running, ain't no hiding. Yeah. You gonna come out every day with your high hat on. You gonna work. You gonna work, man. And Mike T gonna make sure that, and he gonna find out what's the best eleven on that field on offense and defensive side to go out there and go to war every week. You know what I mean? Because they're gonna need some dogs up front. And I mean, and, and that was kind of where I was gonna get into my next topic about training camp is. You know what I mean? When you think of the old line, like we still got to get back to Broderick. I mean, he's number one draft pick, number one overall. Not only overall, but he's the Steelers' first overall pick, and um, we, he's the hot topic. And we going into a spot where that spot is technically already locked, if you want to be technical. But technically, it's not locked because they drafted him. Yeah. So I just can't wait to see the battle between him and Dan Moore, man, for the left tackle spot. Yeah. I mean, Chooks, he, he's locked. He, I mean, no one's taking my guy Chooks back. He's on yeah, lock. Yeah, 100%. But damn more on him, man. Um, but once again, man, it's, it's, it's all love, man. It's all love between the guys up front, man. I'm loving I'm happy that K-Dab was able to share that about how tight the O-line is. So, man, if he got a good group of veterans in there, man, they're they going to they take him on the wing, and he's going to come along really quick. First couple of days and pads, he might, he might struggle because the tempo is totally different from Georgia, my boy. It's totally different, man. Dealing with grown <laughs> – Men like Cam Haywood that played the game for a long time. Trust me, I felt Cam my first day at OTAs. I was like, this is not a real person. <laughs> this is not a real person. So, man, but everybody don't get that walk into the NFL moment. And, um, yeah, man, and, uh, and I'm very interested to see what happens with Broderick, man, as far as that left tackle spot and who gets that spot coming out of going into week one. And then my second competition i'm looking forward to and this is as long as joey signs in time to participate in the beginning of training camp it's joey porter jr in your day one from last year george pickens a hundred percent i was just going to get to that one too man i iron sharp is iron that's all i can say <laughs> iron sharp is iron because man i love to see little joey go out there and work but i know day one 
You know what I'm saying? For 30 days straight, he had that mask on. He been he gonna go crazy, and I'm I'm excited, man, to see that matchup, man, because it's gonna get Joy ready for the NFL, man, and it's gonna continue to sharpen um, Georgia's um, readiness every week, man. Going into going against a guy with length like that, yeah. because we want to get a guy length like that, man. When you get those little small DBs, man, it should be cake, man. It should be cake getting around those guys, being the swim hands and get around those little guys, man. Because Joy gonna bring physicality, he gonna bring toughness. Now, I mean, he going to have to block him, and he going to have to use his hands and really manhandle Joey because Joey is not going to allow that. So all that pushing people off the line, I cannot wait to see if he get to hit Joey with one of those in practice. Jo- I'll like, be watching Trey DK closely. It's the crazy thing about, like, Joey and George Pickens. Like, if you made George a DB, he would look like Joey. And if you made Joey a receiver, like their their body style, the way they play the game, it's, like, exactly the same. Yeah, and then, definitely the same. And then speaking of George, there is one thing that I want to um, talk about that Patrick Peterson had to say about him um, a few days ago, I believe, on his uh, All Things Covered podcast with Brian McFadden, is he sees a lot of his former teammate in DeAndre Hopkins in George Pickens. What do you think about that? Ah... <sighs> Potential. It's definitely potential there. It's definitely potential there. I wouldn't quite say I see a lot of DeAndre Hopkins in him. I I I, I don't know. I, I look at D Hop is a little more shifty, I think. I think a little pick is a little more of aggressive, exactly what we thought Claypool was gonna yeah, be. Yeah. Not super fast, but he's one of those go get it guys. You know what I mean? One of those physical hand guys, go get it. Don't get me wrong, DeAndre Hopkins is very physical. But he, I wouldn't say he's a guy that when you look at off rip and say Oh, he's a big go deep like physical guy. Yeah. I don't think he's a guy that's gonna get you a lot of yak yards. He won't get you a lot of those yards out to catch every time you get the ball. But DeAndre Hopkins is definitely a great deep threat too. So the, I mean, I can. Uh, it's hard to say just yet because Pick has only been in the league for one year, so he haven't really developed his character as a player yet. And say what you expect out of him every week yet because I don't think he really got the ball enough. He ain't got enough film of him actually touching the ball to make a hell of a long flat of play. Yeah. But we do got a lot of plays of him making his one hand catches like this, deep balls over people's yep. head. We got that. So when only thing I can go off is what we yeah. see. And what we see is what we thought Claypool was going to be, like a Megatron, which is not a person that's real fast and shifty. A guy's just going to go get the ball off your head. And, I, and DeAndre Hopkins is not only just that. DeAndre Hopkins is a little more faster speed, catch the ball, and he's gone. Like, so yeah, and that's uh, yeah. I'm excited to see if George uh, worked on. Uh, I'm sure he did, but I'm I'm excited to see how his route running progressed from last year because obviously we know D Hop was an amazing route runner because we've all seen the viral video of D'Angelo Hall jaw jacking at D Hop. And then D Hop just yep. taking those ankles, literally took his ankles. Pretty yep. sure he was he yep. was gone for like the first five weeks of the season because his ankles were gone. Yep. Yeah, D Hop man, definitely a hell of a player, but I definitely don't think Pickens is quite into himself yet to say he's quite a D Hop just yet, man. Maybe once it once a couple years go past and he start to establish himself as a guy that can catch some passes and, and, and get some yak yards, man. That I keep speaking about yak yards because that's, that's so important for teams, yeah. man. It's more important. It, it's important to catch the ball, but it's more important to catch the ball and make someone miss and go get some more yeah. yards. So I think that, I mean, once again, like D-Hop is amazing with the yak, yak yards, man. So, But um, as we continue to talk about training camp, man, and moving towards week one, Darnell Watson is a hot topic right now of a guy that potentially may not have a hat week one. 
I, I, that's that's kind of a tough put. That's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, he was a guy on draft day. I was hyped about, man. Six O lineman, man. Guy's physical. I mean, him, him and, him and, um, pet fire move, man. That's a great combination, man, from, Power, speed, and all yeah. that, man. Because fire move is more of a receiver type. Let's be, let's be, let's be real here. Like he doesn't like to block. He's not a big blocker, but he's a guy that's a great. I'm saying, uh, receiver yeah. at tight end. So, and Darnell Washington, you have a guy like him that doesn't mind getting his hands dirty in the trenches with the O line, and also catching those short passes and making someone miss or jumping over someone's head or running a guy over. So, yeah. I mean, you get everything in Darnell Washington. You get mainly a receiver. You get mainly a receipt. You get mainly a receiver and uh, um, pet fire move. So, but Zach Gentry is still there too. He's the guy that don't get the hat on Sunday. So you think? I, so I think all the tight ends are going to get a hat because I think Connor Hayward is that utility Ooh, guy. Connor Hayward he, forgot. About he's him. that utility guy. He's. I think he's going to be. Like that and back, fullback, that fullback type, and he's going to you know split out wide because he he can do that. Right. Um, I just I don't right. think there's any way that Darnell Washington doesn't suit up week one. I I, I don't yeah. I don't. I mean it. I I don't say it either. It, it's 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 it will be completely uh, a mind blower to see Darnell Washington don't get a hat because I think he's going to be a tremendous special teamers. I don't think he's going to be the best one, but I think he's going to uh, uh, bring that physical kickoff team type of guy. He's not going to make a lot of plays. Like I mean, he's probably going to make a lot of tackles, but he's going to start to set the tempo out there, running guys over, making making guys shift their direction, man, to get other people tackles down the lane. So yeah, and, uh, I think Daniel Washington definitely gets ahead on something. His his, his number one his number one attribute is run blocking, and guess what? The Steelers are making right. a point to do: run the ball. Run the yeah, ball. Yeah. So I mean, I, facts. I for sure. Whoever whoever said that, uh, we won't say his name on on this show. But uh, he, yeah, we, we'll say we'll say that comment nice, for another nice time. Nice try on the hot take. Kayla, <laughs> <laughs> last last thought, man. Here about training camp, man. Before we get better wind down and close out here, biggest and winner, your big one player that's a bigger. Ah, uh, how can I put this? Your biggest and losers of training camp. You gotta get one winner, one and one loser. Ooh, so prediction. Getting out of training camp. Biggest biggest winner. I'm gonna go Hakeem Butler, the receiver from the Battle Hawks in the XFL. From, from, yeah, from XFL. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Butler, him yeah. as the biggest winner. Player. I think he's gonna um, do some things to catch Mike T's eyes and um, hopefully Canada's eyes and uh, yeah, and our receiver. Who's our <sighs> receiver? Called? Frisman Jackson. Is that right? Is that right? Does that sound right? Frisman Jackson. I know he was a receiver okay. coach. Either way, if it's Frisman Jackson, you know, catch catch their eyes um, and having that, uh, you know, that size that they're looking for, obviously, in the receiver room now because we have four or five receivers of that size. Um, but I think right. he's good. I think he's going to be a big winner. Loser. Um, oof, let's. Okay, I go with my yeah, winner first. Yeah, yeah. My I would say my winner. My big my I would go with my loser first. My biggest loser come out of training camp. I hate to do this, but I'm going with Brody Jones. I, I just don't think he's gonna be quite ready come out of training camp just yet. I think that once he get down to the trobe and he figure how fast this game is and once he get those big body guys down there, I think things gonna kind of settle in for him that this game is a little more different than you think it yeah. is, buddy. 
You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that Brodrick is definitely going to be a hell of a player. Not saying that. I don't want Twitter and everybody going crazy on who cares about Derwin Gray's opinion. <laughs> Here we go. I'm saying that Brodrick Jones is going to be a hell of a player, but with the iron shop and the iron down in Latrobe, it's only going to get him better. But right now, I don't think he's going to be ready, quite ready yet week one. So I think he's going to be kind of the biggest upset for fans going into week one of the season. So I think he's my biggest loser to come out of training camp. That's That's a good one. Um, see, I'm leaning towards somebody in the DB room, but I'm also leaning towards somebody in the running back room that's been getting a lot of hype. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go Levi Wallace. Cause I think we're going to see, Levi Wallace. I think we're going to see, and it's not going to be due to his as play. the biggest loser. I, I, yeah, and it's not going to be due to his play. So biggest it's loser? not going to be due to his play. It's going to be due to how well Joey Porter Jr. and our seventh round rookie Corey Trice play. Corey Trice, I'm excited about that young yeah. guy right there. I'm I, super excited about. Yeah, him. I think, and like I said, it's not going to be anything with Levi's play. I think it's just going to be the rise of those two young guys right there. Yeah. Um, which he'll have a big okay. he'll have a big contribution That's, to that. Yeah. Um, so okay. you know, that makes a lot of sense. That definitely makes a lot of sense. My biggest winner, man, come out of training camp, man. As we wrap this episode up, Alfonso Graham, running back, man, out of Morgan State, man, HBCU guy, man. I'm going as the biggest winner for me, man. I think that. He has shifty back, man. That's going to make a crazy impact on special teams, man. I think he's going to be a great guy and, um, and, and helping the, the, the swing of field position, man, as far as all the special teams. He's going to be a core special teamer, man. I think with that speed, he's going to be a hell of a gunner, man. He's going to be a hell of a gunner on punt team, man, getting around those guys and getting out there making those play, making those tackles, man. And also just forcing, forcing fair catches a lot, man creating all those net yards, man. So I think he's going to be a hell of a guy. And he's going to start to earn himself a little bit of play on the offensive side of the ball too, man. But I think I think when they go down to Latrobe and do back-on-backers, man, those middle linebackers, man, that have to check or guard, they have to check or guard this guy in open space on back-on-backers, it's over yeah. with. It's over with. That fast boy there is out, is out, the, it's out the gate, man. So uh, he's my biggest winner going into uh, – I leave another training camp. It's it's funny. It's, it's funny you said that name because that is the guy that I was considering for the potential biggest loser. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you thought he was the biggest loser? I th- wow. Th- there, amongst Steeler fans, there is a bunch of hype around him and what he can bring to the table. So I'm curious to see, and this is why I was considering him for that for that spot. Um, is because of all this hype, you know, can he live up to it? Can he be that guy? And then you got to think there's that, you know, your guy, Ant Mac, you know, he's got, he's hungry. Oh, he's hungry. So, I mean, that that's going to be, yeah. I think between those two, it's going to be a, a really good battle. My only concern is can Alfonso be what we hope he can be? And can he live up to, you know, kind yeah. of, I mean, we haven't really put him up up there on a pedestal, but you know, for your third running back, he's kind of been put up there like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that was just I, I laughed um, on the inside when you said his name because I was like, man, I, I was gonna say he, was a, yep, he could sure. potentially be the biggest loser. 
<laughs> on that note, we're going to end it off like that. Man, I appreciate everybody rocking with Three Point Stands Podcast with myself, D. Gray, and my co-host, man, Caleb the Goat, man. I appreciate rocking with you every week, man. It's be fun every week, man. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode, man. This will be up. Twitter, YouTube, clips everywhere, man. So make sure y'all, man, like, like, share, subscribe, man. Man, send us some comments, man. Let us know what y'all thinking, man. So appreciate y'all rocking with us, Caleb. Any more thoughts? Yeah, I got, I mean, uh, I, we hit everything on the head. You know, we got uh, my my guy over here. Don't forget, USFL championship. USFL champion. Appreciate yeah, that. So put some <laughs> respect on his name. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're happy to be back. It's been it's been almost a month. It's been almost a month. So we're, ha- mm, we're happy to be back. Uh, we, we hope you all had a great holiday uh, over the 4th of July. That's the family. And also, be on the lookout this weekend for Whiskey Weekends, man. Episode be coming out this Saturday, man, on Whiskey Weekend. So, get to talk about our little fun late night. You had to come and see <laughs> and check out the rest. So, that's the three-point stance episode. Peace. <laughs>